At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Uh, hi, welcome back to Glee on the Rocks, uh, our Glee podcast. Um, this is Emily, and before we get started with the actual episode, we just wanted to take a quick moment to say uh, a note about the passing of Mark Salling. Um, as we have said in our housekeeping episode at the very beginning, we are not really prepared to talk about it at length and we don't think it's appropriate to talk about it at length um we are trying to separate the actors from the characters as much as possible and as much as uh necessary so to that end we are going to continue to talk about puck as a character in glee and just let the rest um go by that's kind of all we have to say about it So uh, we're going to get started with the episode. Uh, Today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 6, Vitamin D. Uh, And this is the summary that we have pulled, as always, from the Glee Wikipedia. Uh, Will challenges the kids to a healthy dose of competition with boys against girls and a mashup showdown. Meanwhile, Terry takes a job as the school nurse to keep an eye on Will, despite having no medical experience, and hands out drugs to the New Directions, which cause a serious boost of energy comes with a consequence. Uh, this episode aired uh, October 7th, 2009. It was directed by Elodie Kane and written by Ryan Murphy. And uh, 7.28 million viewers on this episode, which is a lot. Hey guys, this is Mav jumping in. That's, that's a pretty pretty decent size number. I, I guess this is sort of where it's actually it's starting to, to take off and you know pick up steam. In, in viewers and in press, but uh, still, still have issues with it. Yeah, still. <laughs> we were saying before we started recording that it just kind of feels like an extension of the last episode, and we're sitting in the middle of one of the longer arcs, uh, which makes individual episodes harder to talk about because they exist uh, in an order instead of um, as standalones. I feel like the show kind of abandoned season-long arcs like this after the first season. I don't remember anything else in the show dragging on this quickly. Yeah, probably because they didn't like doing it. Yeah. (laughs) And decided it wasn't worth it. It got too hard to remember exactly what they'd already done. Right. Works much better to just, you know, wing it every single episode. Keeping track of one storyline for 13 episodes? Fuck it. More like Ryan Murphy's, uh, you know, has absolutely no patience and has no ability to focus on anything. And he's already moved on to plot lines. 
since we last opened this episode. I think that's definitely. Well, in season one of Glee, he hadn't started American Horror Story yet, so he was still focused. I also wonder if, um, you know, when he went to the network to say, I have this idea, he probably had to go with, like, a storyline. And here's, you know, here's where we start, here's where we end, here's what happens in the middle. So I feel like season one, the network was probably like, yes, show us what show us what this is about. And then once, you know, I mean, Ryan Murphy prior to Glee even did have did have a name. So I'm sure he had it had some clout when he came with it, but they still wanted to see a storyline. And then once Glee itself had uh, season one, the end of season one, it still had a lot of positive response in like pop culture and, you know, in, in society. So I imagine they just went, okay, it's fine. And so kind of left him to do his own thing. So this may be, we may be seeing what the, the studio required in season one. And then in season two, it's just unfiltered Ryan Murphy's brain and or how he, I'm not going to say Glee's a documentary. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Glee's but yeah, I, but yeah I, I have a feeling the, the fact that, as he said, um, there's actually a some storyline that goes through all these episodes is, is probably because of the studio. More so than Ryan, is, is my thought here. This might be a slight aside, but I, am I crazy? Wasn't it Ian Brennan who yeah. actually came up with the show and had written it as a movie, right? Didn't I, I thought Ian I came up with it initially and wrote a script kind of like based on his own life. And then down the line met Murphy or someone else, like, introduced them. And that's how Murphy got a hold of the script. And then together they went from there. Am I crazy? Hmm. I haven't heard that before, but I can believe it. I literally just Googled because I have not heard that before at all. And it says that uh, Brennan spent four years at Prospect High School in Mount Prospect, Illinois, and was member of the school show choir, which he did not find particularly enjoyable. Well, uh, huh. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm literally seeing the character Will Schuster in Glee is partially based on uh, Brennan's high school theater director. That's and disturbing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> didn't need to know there was a shoe in the world. I really feel like we need to, to like, talk to some people about, about there being a real life shoe in the world. So yeah, I always assumed... I also want to say there the was a hot tub involved crazy. with, like, Murphy and this whole thing, but that might be apocryphal. <laughs> yeah like i always assumed this was all based on ryan murphy's um personal experience so that, that's really interesting i based off what you said and what i just and what i just read i think you were right well, um, murphy, maybe it's just the character of kurt that i assumed that was based off of murphy murphy was in like a glee club in college this is all not that important it just suddenly struck me i was like wait a minute i feel like i read this one time many eons ago not that it super matters that much but yeah anyway well i feel like if we're gonna yell at somebody we need to yell at the right person well you know murphy ian and the other one they all write the episode so it's the blame is still there the blame is still spread out i even go so far as to say not evenly uh i think the i think the idea is solid so Ian probably, Ian had a good idea. He just gave it to the really shitty person for, you know, conceptualizing and actually making it happen. Unless yeah. it was going to be a one season series, then maybe right. it would have been okay. Well, like the three of them wrote 
all of the first season and I think all of the second season and then after that is when they started pulling in like co-writers and you can tell because season that's when two, they hit the dartboard that's when the dartboard comes out but like the the overarching overarching thing in season two is Kurt's relationship and then like the journey to New York which is still just uh, a version of the sectionals regionals nationals arc this is lower lower regional sectionals yeah I mean that'll be it'll be interesting I I feel once we've I'm already plotting what we talk about after we're done with all how however many seasons six seasons um six seasons in a movie I'm glad that movie didn't have that is not a movie I wanted the, the Glee live yeah well that's an acceptable movie I didn't want a movie after season six because god knows what they would do they probably have Kurt and Blaine actually divorced and <laughs> and like like, because God knows we can't have anything happen. Um, I mean, Kurt anyway. needed his turn with Karofsky. I'm sure the movie would have been like, Kurt and Blaine divorce. Kurt realizes he loves Dave after all. <laughs> yeah. I would burn Speaking of Dave, I'm, like, I'm not saying you wouldn't be right that that's what they would go for. I'm just saying I would burn everything. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's appropriate response. <laughs> I, I already I already don't acknowledge that other canon things that happen. But that's getting farther down the line. Um, but yeah, no, it would be interesting to, to kind of take season one or talk about season one as a whole uh, against season two. So, hey, look for that, like, years down the line, guys. God knows we'll how long. We'll get there. But for now, hey, this episode. We'll have- yes. <laughs> Perfect segue. All right. This so episode. So we, we discussed this a episode. bunch of, this episode. So we discussed a bunch of, a bunch of thoughts that we had with this, with this episode. Um, yeah, it is still a continuation. And as a continuation, um, Shu is still a terrible person. Also a terrible person, Emma Pillsbury. Kind of a terrible person, Terry. I mean, she is, but like, I give her way too much leeway, I'll admit. I mean, her terrible aspects her are like very on the surface and reactions to something she was doing. Yeah. She's also, I mean, she's ridiculous. Like, Telling Quinn, like, no, I'm not going to give you money for your baby. You can handle nine months to a high school, to a high school girl that's pregnant. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, she's, she's ridiculous, but like. Well, the fact that she, the fact that she and Terry both have the maturity level of high schoolers still is why they probably should have just stayed together. Oh, so true. Yeah. Like they're very perfect for each other because they, they apparently cannot emotionally mature but um the uh the scene with having terry like readily believe uh ken that something's happening between emma and will despite his embellishment of it um <laughs> i still feel like i still feel bad for terry to some degree because i'm like yeah no like he's embellishing he's kind of going over the top of it but uh no that's literally happening and not because terry's done anything wrong like she has but will doesn't know that Mm-hmm. He's just being, and he's just being a dick. And I'm not saying relationships once you're married can't change, but um, if you find yourself kind of, fr- you know, frustrated from the wife that you've married and really digging the, uh, the high school counselor, you need to take a personal step back and kind of re reevaluate shit within yourself. And you, you I'm not, no surprise, he doesn't do that. He doesn't reevaluate anything within himself. No, he definitely doesn't. 
I really hated that conversation between Will and uh, Terry. I think it was in the break room where he says, like, you being here is not good for our marriage. Like, what the fuck are you even talking about? She has been there three days a week. Who knows? It's Glee. But I mean, <laughs> what he really meant was her being there was not good for the affair he's emotionally yeah. having. Yeah. Her, Yes. And then to say that, you know, because now they work together, although she's in the nurse's office and he is ostensibly teaching, it's not like they're spending the whole day together. But now when they go home for dinner that she has probably cooked anyway, they don't have anything to talk about. Like, you should be able to talk about more than what you did during your day. Have neither of you read a book recently? Do you not watch some TV shows? Nothing no, I'm sorry. I'm too political, the economic climate, anything at all you guys can talk about? The, the latest elections, the local anything? No? Nothing? Cool. I'm going to go on the on the limb and say Will doesn't understand, you know, book reading. Don't think he ever actually read a textbook to teach children. And I'm also go, going to go out on a limb to assume that he probably has absolutely no civics, you know, responsibility or sense of duty outside of the lesson of the day i hope you can hear the capitalizations i put in that in my head yeah where is the voting episode of glee seriously when these kids turn 18 they get registered to vote it's actually kind of ridiculous but the the character that they actually show as being most well-rounded in terms of like outside interest is sue because she does at least mention really exaggerated things she's done but in this episode she says she ran for political office twice yeah I'm like how about you just spend this episode showing me shoes life i mean sue's life story i'd be okay with that interestingly they even had they even had like major characters in congress and we didn't even have a voting episode what the fuck yeah. i'm not really bitter i forgot about that bert for congress <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything else happened I get surprised when I read fic and like they have Bert as like a congressman, not just like a mechanic. Because I'm like, oh yeah, that's a thing. That is two very drastic extremes, Bert. Like jumped between. Our point if is any, register to vote. Said, yes. The 2018 elections are coming up, and if you fuckers aren't voting, I don't want to hear about it. You don't get to complain if you don't get your sticker. Yep. You don't get to listen to this it's podcast if you don't vote. Bit. That's the truth. We will kick you off this podcast. We will shut it down. Start blocking URLs left and right. <laughs> I would be down with this. <laughs> anyway, so so our... <laughs> the the title of this episode, go vote. Um, so yeah, we have we have uh, Will being terrible. Emma again, like I said, she's equally terrible. Ken asks her to get married. She does, you know, doesn't really seem to respond will will's very upset by this which again I, I i go back to maybe you should like look inside yourself except that you would find a black hole whatever um but emma's com you know comment about like what else do i have or what else is there it just it seemed so like why are man is married man has like i what is going on what 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 yeah she knows yeah. He's she knows his wife is as everyone thinks, pregnant, and there she is, like, if you don't, if, if you don't love me, I'm gonna marry this disgusting person, it's gonna be your fault. Yeah, like, you, better, you guys need to, all need to have a come-to-Jesus meeting, look within yourself, and figure your shit out, like, yeah, 
just figure your shit out and stop stop playing everybody that's ridiculous okay on from the on from the adults that act like children let's talk to the children that act like children (laughs) (sighs) yeah i just really like that shoes uh his go-to was to make a barely cohesive group of teenagers compete against each other most of these people don't even (laughs) like each other they're gonna be like let's compete that's really gonna bring the whole family together fuck is wrong i'm sorry in my mind i just saw i just i just imagined um shu as like the game master for hunger games (laughs) and this entire show took on a new turn it's very i'm surprised there was never a glee episode about the hunger games at least the people in the hunger games actually go through training one of the things watching this episode made me think was he's having them do their own mashups but has he actually gone through any of the like music skills they would need to figure this out i was thinking about that when i was watching it going these fucking teenagers are creating musical mashups isn't that his fucking job and if they yeah. can do it what do they need him for yeah that seems a bit advanced level for it seems very advanced level for people who five episodes ago were like just being forced to enter the glee club never having heard of it yeah can any of them read sheet music? Do any of them know what scales are? Like, what kind of... Uh, yeah. But no, they're going to combine two uh, two songs together and go for it. With choreography. It's not like taking speed helps you with your music theory. Okay, I, mean, I would like to point out that I actually looked up the side effects to pseudo-fettering. So I am now on a couple watch lists. But, um, like, nothing in the, in in your, like your side effects of just taking Sudafed is going to do anything to help you with like a, a mashup. And yeah. um, the only way that I can think of to give yourself that, to give yourself that kind of energy is to do Coke. She wasn't giving them Coke. I kind of wonder if to start it. Googling how to make that because I really will end up on a couple of, uh, of watch lists. Yeah. I kind of wonder I if it was supposed to be something a bit harder to begin with. And they like scaled it back because mm. giving them Sudafed just doesn't seem like. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Sudafed is how you make meth. So that's like, I know that. Oh, yes. And that's because that's why I'm from a state where Sudafed is banned without a prescription because of all the meth. But I'm also not assuming she's giving them like the way she gave it to them. It's like she gave them giving them straight up Sudafed and they're not like going home and making it into meth. So, yeah. Like, no, I, yeah, I, extra I just I meant, don't understand. In, I meant in the writing, like, room, yeah. in, in the original script, if it was, like, toyed around with it, she would give them something harder, and then they change it to something a bit ridiculous, because Sudafed also would not make them speed like that. I wonder if it was supposed to be Ritalin. <laughs> that, that might do it. Which I would also, because for, for going into this, I, it's what I thought she had given them and after rewatching it I realized oh it's not um because I had a whole a whole rant ready to go on how that's not actually how Ritalin will work for most people um especially not that large of a group somebody would have had a different reaction to it but um then I didn't get to use that rant except that I just did so point to me you worked it in there anyway thank you just thinking that this Glee Breaking Bad crossover is a little disappointing. <laughs> also would have been a better show. <laughs> like, <laughs> just imagine, like, like uh, a shoe as Walter White. 
No, no, it's just Walter White leading a glee club. Oh my god, that's better. <laughs> Absolutely would have been a better show. Uh, wait, didn't we put them in Glee in The Walking Dead last episode? Now we're putting them in Breaking Bad. Like, literally, Glee in any other show would have been better. Glee, season yeah. seven. They really needed the money to get to regionals. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I guess needing money. Um, interesting that these um, mashups, I mean, they were sort of like the core, they are the core songs. Um, so, and, and starting to get the you know more of the songs as performances as opposed to just songs in we're getting more of those but um they didn't perform in the um crap what's the word i want the auditorium this was in their in just in their uh in their classroom and i know they do more of those later uh, and they continue but it sort of seemed like this was an auditorium performance to me so i at least that's how i assumed it would have been so I, I was like, oh, okay, we haven't we haven't got to our bigger budget yet. We're still stuck in the we're just we're still stuck in the same set. Maybe yeah, I'm like, just mm-hmm. never quite sure how they decided when a performance happens in the auditorium and when they happen in the uh, in the club in the Glee club. Like it seems arbitrary. I know a little yeah. arbitrary, but later on, like most of them are in the auditorium, and I'm wondering if they just like because the set was built and they're like, well, fuck it. But then they would have things like the Saturday Night Fever. They had that one dance yeah. scene in the in the classroom. It takes up a lot of space, and, it, and they shoved it in the fucking classroom. So yeah, I don't. They definitely still had more in the classroom. I just yeah, I agree. I don't ever know where their line was. This is an auditorium. This is a classroom performance. Okay, but I have a lot of notes for the actual songs. So I'm going to pull my notes out right now and uh, dig into those because these, this, is, this is some of my favorites outside of the Curtain Blaine stuff. This is what I loved uh, was watching the big, the big numbers. Mm. Um, so I have, I have my notes broken down per song. Uh, first one being for the boys song, uh, Finn is insane. Like yeah. re-watching his facial expressions. I get that he's like on fake speed. But um, his facial expressions are amazing, and I would, and it's even better if you rewind it and turn the sound off and just watch it. <laughs> but, um, but Artie, Artie was in this. Artie had like some pretty, you know, robust lines, and not just one. He got to sing. Yeah, this this was song. like a brief venture into letting people besides Finn and Rachel actually do songs, mm. lines yeah. and songs. Yes, and I mean he had, and, and he yeah he had his like uh, wheelchair dance sort of like he they had him doing like like the whole like wheelchair move which was cool. He had that and uh, had, like that mid two thousands guitar tube thingy that makes the weird sound. Yeah, uh, the Richie Sambora uh, <laughs> rah sound. Yeah, that was half their budget right there. <laughs> That's where it all went. That's why they weren't in the auditorium yet. <laughs> Still dealing with that thing. So uh, Mike dancing is always my favorite thing. I, I think I've said a couple of things are my favorite, but I love I love watching Mike dance. And I love that they just were like, cool, you don't sing well, but we're going to give you a dance break. And you're going to jump over everybody and just do these really friggin' awesome moves. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, love it. And uh, of course, Kurt in the background is is one of my favorites as well. Just he does some some. Chris makes some really fun choices 
in like season one when he's still in the background in most scenes that are just ridiculous and over when the he's top still in the background and, and still wants to be there yeah is isn't just like i i'm phoning it in but he, yep. so he makes some real fun choices and i love it and there there's a scarf involved and just oh, yeah. very very overt maneuvers that i'm like i i love i love that this is a bon jovi uh mashup and you're doing these very flamboyant hand gestures and mm-hmm. um i'm here for it yep uh that always reminds me of what was the choreographer's name zach woodley when yeah. he's talking about how hard it would be to get all of them doing the same move at the same time and sometimes you'd just give up <laughs> <laughs> ah fuck it just like you can see what the choreographer is supposed to be and like nope can't even not even gonna bother i feel like zach definitely earned his keep there and uh whatever choreographers came after him should probably have thanked him for working with all of them when most of the actors were not like choreography or even like musically professional yeah he really forged them there yeah i mean he went from doing uh being a choreographer for like a lot of um, actual dancers to, hey, these people can sing and, or hold a note, but that's about it. Yeah. Fun note, uh, yeah. Zach's from Texas. Oh. Yay. Oh. I literally was trying to look up to see was what he had been doing before that. Um, where are they now? Yeah, he, <laughs> where were they when? Um, but I also didn't feel that the uh, boys mashup song was mashed up all that well, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like you mm-hmm. had, and I said this before, you had like one hat, like one beginning of a song, then one beginning of a song. And then at the end, they started to actually mash them up. I'm very, I take my mashups very seriously. <laughs> so I found the, uh, yeah. So I found the guys mashup to be, I'm like, you didn't mash up the song all that great. But hey, maybe they had no idea what the fuck they were doing because Shu didn't tell them how to do it. In which case, good job, guys. I mean, better like, than I would have done. Three quarters of the the boys team are football players. It's not like not like they got a lot of practice in the music theory there. And Kurt, who you might have them? tried to sabotage them. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> he might have. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the girl song. My notes. A much better mashup of songs. They they blended those better. Good job, girls. Clearly, Rachel Berry's parents bought her mashup composing lessons, um, <laughs> which I don't think surprises anybody. Um, also, pretty sure it's just Rachel singing that song. We had yeah. Finn and Artie on the last one, but Rachel is pretty much the only one on the girls that I could see that was um, singing. Uh, you could kind of so hear again, uh, Mercedes over it a little bit. You know, she'd get, mm-hmm. they'd turn her up a little bit and then turn her back down. Yeah. She, she gets a few of the of the really long, strong notes and then and then yeah. it's like in quiet back down. Yeah. But they didn't really give her, give anybody else lines like they did no. with Artie, which I, yeah. I was like, we made a step forward and then now we're back up again. Um, and I almost my, feel like if, if my, Finn or if Corey was, could handle like an R&B song better they may have just given him all of it mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. Corey was good at a lot of things I don't know if R&B would have been one of them so that was a good choice to have already do that one. my note for the girls song was just wow how convenient they all have bright yellow dresses <laughs> <laughs> 
Santana's faces were also great. They were. Not as good as, but like almost to the point of like, the, this is your sarcasm face, isn't it? She was feeling it. I noticed Britney a lot during it too. And I don't know if it was Heather trying to like really pull in the airhead vibes or if it was just Heather, but mm. she was like full on cheesy cheerleader, like massive, slightly terrifying smile on her face the whole time. She was really hey, working it to the back of the audience. Yeah. I took, I, and I do, I did see her, your point to that. I took it as uh, Heather knows how to choreograph things. So the choreography said be over the top and bubbly. And she did that. <laughs> and so, yeah, but maybe, maybe it was, she was, she was taking her, her character note. I don't know. She fucking went for it. That's all. <laughs> but, um, so I'm curious to know uh, from you guys, uh, for you, which which song which song won for you? Uh, I liked the guys' song better. I think um, though, I did definitely have like I, I feel like for me watching Corey sing anything now, I just paid more attention to him, and watching Corey sing "It's My Life" felt it's, felt yeah. very like you know probably more pivotal than than it was meant to be in the show for sure so i kind of have a bias for that now i think yeah it's a bit more poignant and a little more you know it's a little, a little bit of like a twist in your gut watching him like yeah. jesus so that had more impact for me and i think i remembered it more the girls one was good but it, it didn't you know i yeah i think the 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 mashing up with the girls was better because it was more intertwined but I like the songs for the guys better. So I'm just drawn to those songs more than I am Walking on Sunshine. Interesting. I, and like Rachel doesn't I need like... to win everything after the fact. So fuck Rachel. <laughs> um, I technically liked the girls better with like their, like you said, the, the blending of the song and their song. I actually like their song choices. I think they blended better. Yeah. But um, I don't know if it's, I, I don't know what, what choreographing choices went into this. They neglected to give me a call and respond to my emails. Mm. Um, but the guy's performance was more dynamic. I mean, you had more singers. You had, mm -hmm. um, Heather's a great dancer, but they had, they, you know, showcased Mike's dancing. Um, I, I just combined characters and people i'm sorry uh you know britney's a good dancer but you see mike's you know mike's dancing um and all of the girls they have a cute choreography but it's not quite as dynamic so basically if i was going to score this in, in figure skating uh technical points went to the girls but artistic went to the boys there we go that's my diplomatic answer i take it i'll take it um yeah <laughs> I was trying to think of like a, a smooth transition into something that I was going to bring up and then I, I had no transition Let's and then I ruined the whole thing by pausing for nine minutes um, it's cool we edit it in post yeah but I wanted to go to a point that Mandy had in our pre our pre show uh, chat session about already recycling plot points with um 
Harry giving the kids uh, drugs, basically, uh, an episode after another female adult actually gave the kids, uh, or at least Kurt, alcohol, which yeah, are that... very close. And I don't understand the the point of needing to do those back to back. Like I get that they needed a reason for Terry to get fired, but it's yeah. so similar. Like, did no one so in the writers' nice. room go, "Hey, wait, deja vu"? Yeah, because that feels like a plot point where like you recycle it three seasons later because everyone's forgotten that you've already done it, or yeah. that they or that they wrote them out of order and then they just accident like if they were all standalone episodes. And they just accidentally, uh, you know, showed them in order where they lined up. But that's not how the show was written. Yeah. They purposely chose to have two episodes where kids are plied with uh, drugs and alcohol. And the episode contents do, like, get recycled, too. Because this episode is literally about them making mashups. And two episodes later, the title of it is Mashups. So yeah. Yeah, it's like they couldn't decide where to put it. Or they, they, like, jumbled up, like, note cards from four different episodes. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Which one, okay, well, we'll call this one mashup, but the mashups are in two episodes later. And, like, oh, Jesus. Just throw it up on air. It's fine. And it's not even, like, a good plot line to recycle. It's not... It, it, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't have any poignancy. It doesn't have any weight. It doesn't matter. It just gets rid of... Ter- it just gets Terry out of the school. It doesn't prove anything to the students it's not an anti-drug message it's uh, the only thing it's really maybe trying to say is cheating in competition is bad but there are so many better ways to have a let's not cheat conversation with teenagers also hilariously like they both cheated so there wasn't even a like moral high ground yeah i mean i guess the upside to how this episode uh, episode thinking about empanadas how this episode uh wrapped up is that it was the kids who came to the i guess realization or understanding that cheating is wrong and that the competition was voided because they both cheated and it wasn't that an adult had to sit them down on the couch and have a conversation about cheating so at least they had a more mature outcome to it even even though it doesn't like it doesn't really matter yeah, it doesn't really matter, the tagline of Glee, and yeah. every choice they make. Ah. Doesn't, doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm, I'm torn between, hey, I'm glad we didn't have the saccharine after-school special mm-hmm. that I'm surprised we didn't get with that one, while also going, but really, can we expect Shu to have been like, let me give you an actual life lesson. And again, I hope you hear the... Um, capitals with that because man is not good at that i mean he planted pot in finn's locker in the first episode so yeah i i feel he's more like again terry's equivalent than anything else and you know they didn't really even juxtapose the students cheating at glee with the adults cheating on each other no it didn't and they could have like i mean it would have been like a like a gray's anatomy where like the A plotline surgery is connected to how, like, the emotional well-being of the B characters. Like, it didn't even do that. I mean, that again, that requires a lot more depth of, of understanding of your characters and weaving of storylines. Yeah. Um, 
And it wasn't even like another another plot line about competition, unless you want to make the argument that uh, Emma was competing for Shu, but she's not, and there wasn't underhanded anything really happening in this episode, other than Terry's continuing to lie about her pregnancy. But yeah, um, I apologize. Thematically, they didn't come together. I have to take a moment to apologize because I have a small white fluffy thing that won't leave me alone. So now she's literally looking and sniffing into the microphone. I apologize if she hits the nose. Does she have thoughts on Shu? Um, her thoughts are that Shu does not does not you know give enough dog bones, and there are not not enough dogs in in Glee, and it took way too long for there to be an episode featuring dogs. Valid. Yeah, could have used more dogs in season one. That 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 those are her notes. More dogs. See More the dogs. uh the plot line would have been one of the Glee characters finding like a dog or adopting a dog and feeling like it would be the best decision ever and dogs are so cute and fun and awesome. And uh but there's such a responsibility in having to give the dog back up, juxtaposed with Quinn's uh pregnancy and having to give the kid up for adoption. I was like, and the dog is exactly like the baby. These yeah. are exactly the same. Exactly the same thing. It's all about responsibility and learning when you're in over your head. And, uh, you know, adopt, don't shop. And then at the end of the episode, it cuts to Sue, who has the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and the dog looking happy as shit about it. Like, yeah. yes, this is where I belong. Okay, okay, so who would who would be the person that would adopt the dog and then realize that this is doesn't work? I'm ex- I'm seeing Rachel. Well, of course, because it's always got to be Rachel. Yeah. They wouldn't they wouldn't give a dog to like uh Mike. They should. I feel like I inherently trust Mike. I mean, I do. I, would, I was like Mike wouldn't give the dog back up. Mike would be like, "This is my responsibility now." That's true. But- that's the alternate episode in like the multiverse theory where like there is an actual good glee show it's just like mike and an hour of him showing the viewers how to appropriately take care of a dog <laughs> you know what um, i watch it already comes yeah. in to help. i would mm-hmm. i would trust mike i mean I, we all we all know kurt adopted a dog or puppy of some kind with those later in later seasons the way he looks Oh, I got it. I'm following. Yeah. That takes me following, you know? I was like, what the f- what did I miss? <laughs> I did not where are the gift uh, sets of Kurt with a dog. My uh in my head this way way more sense. I apologize. Are we calling Blaine a bitch or <laughs> I mean I I've, I've read that fake before, I'm sure. <laughs> Haven't we all? This is my my weekly, bi-weekly, continual shout-out to Fic Riders. Puppy Blaine. Werewolf Blaine. Mm. I like this thing. Do love me with Werewolf Blaine. More Werewolf Blaine. (laughs) It's going to have, like, a special edition episode one day where we just talk about our favorite fics. (laughs) Wish the fic you want into the world. Yeah. And it won't offend anybody at all. (laughs) Nobody will be offended by that, sir. <laughs> it's not going to be troublesome at all. Yeah. But yeah, so um, more dogs were needed in this season and this episode particularly. That yep. That is a very important note. Always more dogs. Continual, continual note on everything. 
but um yeah so, you know, so like, we have yes. i was gonna like try and come up with something to say about rachel and quinn because they get their little locker uh locker side chat and the slight developing of a potential female friendship yeah watching this chat. episode i i could actually see the beginnings of like the berry in this like if this had been like a consistent tone for them mm -hmm. instead of like what glee actually did which was just back and forth every episode until they yeah. forget each other exists yeah i never the i honestly never got for barry like ship and let ship but in this episode you're like oh look two people who have some interesting um connections and some interesting backgrounds and they're trying to figure out high school and you know continuously yeah. getting screwed over by dudes and maybe they can just have a better uh time of it as friends but that's not what happens no my my i i did not ship for barry but my understanding of it from an outside perspective and i can and i can agree with this is that it's like that here are two girls who occasionally have tension and i say occasionally because sometimes the writers forget um that are all that are both far more um ambitious than the oafish male figure that they seem to fight over so it's almost like uh forget about the guy in between who apparently nice affable sometimes um but generally doesn't have isn't particularly driven you two are very very ambitious driven women let's just with some with some tension going on there let's let's go with that yeah like so like i can see that i can i can understand fair enough you can have all those tensions and conflicts and um times where they hate each other and still have a really interesting meaningful friendship you don't have it doesn't have to be one or the other mm -hmm. and they can you know they can want different things and still butt heads and they can want the same things and still not get along it's fine there are ways to develop a really cool connection that they didn't do yeah you're asking a lot of glee I know. You really are. I mean, it's over. I can do whatever I want. This is true. <laughs> you can ask it a lot. I can demand recompense. Just be careful. Ryan Murphy has a Netflix Ugh, deal God. now, and Netflix loves bringing things back. I know. Does this motherfucker okay, need so $300 have... million? Dollars? No, he does not. No. No, he does not. You know who needs Dear it? Ryan I... Murphy, I have some student loans. Yeah, you oh, know who needs good. that three hundred million is the entire Glee fandom. Yeah, spread that shit around. Yeah. This we got this podcast started as as a therapy session, and frankly, I think we should be paid as if we are a therapy session for entire fandom. Yeah, Murphy. So twenty bucks a pop, kick it over. Yeah. We we all got therapy bills to pay because of this. I was like, that is a nice amount for therapy. Wow. I'm well, charging way more. <laughs> that's the copay after the insurance. Yeah. Ah, fair, fair, fair. I don't um, even know what a Glee reboot would look like because, uh, like, if you look at the cast, Pickens are slim. Like, you, you have to, you, you'd have to have a whole new cast. And does anyone want to watch Glee without the people 
I'm I'm going to make a prediction that it would be Rachel coming back to teach Glee Club. And they're going to ignore the fact that Rachel would be like, what, 24 now? Right, yeah. Maybe 26, depending. Yeah. Now, that, okay, that, so... That's my prediction for Glee reboot. Rachel teaching. Because right, Leah because Michelle's going to need the money. Didn't we talk about this in one of the episodes, though? Like, as if Rachel fucking Barry would ever go back to Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about, like, the and the ending was supposed to, like, the perfect ending was supposed to be Rachel coming back to Ohio and coming back to Finn. And while there might be some romanticism in her coming back to Finn, like, that was not Rachel. Like, you spent yeah. how many seasons establishing Rachel's ultimate dream is to be in New York on Broadway playing Funny Girl. One, you gave it to her right away, which I'm like, you literally just, like, kneecapped yourself. Way to go. Even I know that. And I didn't study, like story writing and plot writing and i know that much but like that in what universe would it make sense to put the girl who who this is her ultimate dream unless you inherently don't value her personal goals as you know being as tantamount as being with a guy and i think i just hit it yeah yeah answered your own question i did really um, Mandy, I think you are correct. The uh, the reboot would be Leah Michelle as you know Rachel running Bigly Club and it being the next season. Um, a couple years ago, I would have said I'd be down for the New York show with like Kurt and um, Santana and I guess Rachel. Um, but one, uh, pretty damn sure Kurt's not. We will not be seeing Kurt again. Chris isn't um, coming back. Nah. Yeah, no. Um, not Neither. without a hit ton of money needed and various other other things that I will that I will say off recording being involved. Um, but again, I also wouldn't trust I like Kurt and I would not trust that um what I saw of him in New York um would be good. Like if you talk to me circa season three, season four, I'd be excited for it. Because uh, I would assume Kurt and Blaine would be together. That's what I like. And uh, well, no, they wouldn't be. You, they just even if you had both actors, you wouldn't have them together. So no, yeah. I don't want that. Well, they'd be together, and then they wouldn't. Then they would. Then they wouldn't. Then they'd have like weird relationships with people that they'd never actually date, and it'd be a whole thing, and we'd all hate it. And we'd all hate it. And then they'd like marry people that made no fucking sense. And like, why? What? Yeah. Cause of reasons and no it's like kurt would get engaged to somebody else and then blaine would sing a sad song about it and then they'd forget about it for a couple episodes and then that fiance would have like disappeared never to be mentioned again and then they still wouldn't be together and they'd have like and but like he and blaine would would hook up and so you're like okay but you're now having like marital affairs that's not good (laughs) and there's like a throwaway like oh we broke up like six months ago like oh what the fuck is even happening what year is it when are we Basically, it would not be a good idea. So, yeah. I'm going to assume uh, that's it. I mean, there was going to be a <laughs> robbery musical. Uh, okay, so I found a section that talks about uh, on, talking about trivia. And one of the, um, I guess, things I thought was in, uh, interesting here, it's the first episode to not feature a solo. I don't think I knew that. Okay, but this is like the sixth episode, so... And then, and then I realized, then I realized that. So I'm like, okay, so I guess it's not that crazy. The first episode right, in a month. Yeah, well, 
So <laughs> if this episode starts the annual tradition of the boys versus girls mashup competition, um, yes. which took place in every season sixth episode until season four, where it appeared in the 15th. And then after that, we stopped caring. Um, Gender-based competition is healthy. That's healthy. But it is this, uh, it is the first point, and, uh, and Mandy brought this up. I believe it was Mandy was that brought it up in um, our, our pre-chat on uh, it being the the point where we see uh, like Kurt's alignment with with the girls, and also he, he's he's aligned with them, but like he's not allowed to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I will say for a show that has little consistency, the fact that they did this every season for a while and it was a point for kurt to continually want to be competing with the girls they they kept that up i'm surprised they did. they did and and i guess we can't we can't completely hate the boys and girls mashup competition because i mean look what happened look what look look what caused it in later seasons or look what came of it in later seasons i guess i should say what what came I'm of a very it? biased well, from the boys and girls uh, mashup in season two, Kurt got angry and Puck told him to go go visit the uh, oh, uh, right. you know, the gargoyle. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. I am on a I'm on a very very narrow track tonight. I apologize. <laughs> We're all just waiting for Blaine. Yeah, apparently. I mean, uh, you know, there's I don't even know. You know, when you have like a thought and you're like. It's not even worth it. But my thought was there was no there was no moment in the episode when Kurt chooses to go with the girls where there's like a question of does Kurt identify as female and is that a thing we should discuss that we've all been misgendering a character and blah 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 and it's just not a thing that Glee would even go yeah, for. Yeah, it, it felt more like an effeminate gay guy joke than yeah. something that they might actually treat seriously yeah even though glee was supposed to be the the show that had representation for everyone yeah she doesn't stop and go oh is one of my students trans or questioning or is this a thing that we should talk about and that i should be more aware of no it's just kurt go with the boys even going so far as i mean even if we um also gender as a prison gender as a social construct well and my dog huffed at that, so I'm going to take it as, as agreement. Yeah. Um, thank you, Zoe. But uh, even even if even if Shu was not as up on, oh, is is this uh, is my is my student, uh, you know, is he trans? Is he questioning? Is he anything else? Um, shouldn't we also kind of sit back and go, hey, you don't feel comfortable with a bunch of the guys. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe yeah. I should talk to him and go, hey, is there, is there, are there reasons that we should, that, that you're not comfortable and that, and that I should be more aware of and I'll keep my eye out more? No, no, we're just, we're not even going to bother with it. Even that. Yeah. Is the only like student, the only student who gets heartfelt conversations about their feelings is Rachel. Yeah. <sighs> Obviously. You know, there's no, like, is Only there an underlying feeling of bullying happening here? Does he feel scared? No, just, no, no, no. No, no, he's just being whiny. Go hang with the boys, duh. There's so much wrong with you. So at the end of this episode of fun, uh, 
you know, the, the kids are smarter than the adults. Uh, Terry's fired. Yep. Uh, her her friend from Sheets and Things, which I admit is a funny, funny name for, you know. Sheets and Things Correct. is a good joke. It's a good joke. Um, he's apparently assumed to be Walter White. Um, <laughs> but now we have, we now have Sue as, as the co-director. And as much as like the students and Will hate it, like it makes me happy. Cause I'm like, she's competent. They like, they won shit. Why aren't you excited? I know. She knows what the fuck she's doing. It's a little scary and a little weird, but like she, maybe, maybe her methods are bad, but apparently they succeed. And she genuinely does want to win. Like this is not her, I mean, like with the Cheerios, like she is not serving a greater agenda rather than make these students into winners. Whereas uh, Shu is like so preoccupied with his office romance that he, I'm just assuming, just doesn't give a shit about anything else. And reliving his glory days. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is because Shu Shu wants them to win to relive his glory days in high school. I never felt that way with Sue. I never felt like she needs her Cheerios to win to relive and reaffirm her, her high school self. She wants to win because she wants to win. That's who she is. Yeah. It has nothing to do. And while her win is on, is like her because like she coached her Cheerios, she has like an equal amount of respect for her girls. Well, I mean, not respect. I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to think of the right word there, but like, yes, she takes the win, but it's not like, it's not to the same level. I feel like with Shu, and apparently the words I need to explain that difference don't exist. I, mean, I feel like she does somewhat respect them. Um, I'm I'm not gonna speak for future seasons because even even Sue falls victim to Glee syndrome, where eventually she's just horribly written. Yep. But she has some conversations with Quinn where it seems obvious that like she she does care. She does. She wants them to win. She wants them in her in her view to be their best selves. She wants them to try hard and work hard and take things seriously and be dedicated, even though she does it too much and too far and too weird and too insane. But yeah. the the like underlying nugget is, it, I feel like until she becomes like the Sue monster that everyone hates, yeah, there's it, there are little nuggets of like of good in there. There's also I would I would go so far as to say a a she she has said to Quinn that Quinn is like a younger version of herself. I would say Rachel is a younger version of herself, because um, Rachel does a lot of stuff that's like me. I want to win above all else, and um, so I can almost see more of that. And I don't know where I was going with this now, but um, yeah, I can I can see more. When I look at Sue, especially Sue Monster, I go, huh, adult Rachel. Mm-hmm. Only a little bit more giving. Like the, <laughs> the passion that turns into obsession. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I have just decided that the future show that I want to see on Netflix is Santana coming back to teach, but <laughs> Santana being Sue. <laughs> I'm in. I would watch that. All right. Fair. I would watch that. So Netflix, if you are considering any kind of Glee revival, just keep that in mind. Just keep it in mind. I would even accept with 
with occasional pop-ups from Heather. They don't necessarily, uh, you know, Brittany and, and Santana, maybe they're not together anymore, but maybe Brittany pops up to teach a, a, a dance move or something and then disappears. I, I would even, I'd accept that. Well, she's, she's the new cheer coach. Wait, 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 fuck it. I got it. Matt Rutherford is the new, uh, the new, the new, uh, show choir. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to say Kevin and I was already prepared to be like, no, I need better things for Kevin. <laughs> no, Kevin gets to do everything he wants in his life. Yes. I have already decided that Kevin's, um, he, he is side note. I, I, I follow everything Kevin says on Twitter because I, I am a Kevin fangirl now. Um, He's been posting pictures of himself, um, ostensibly, I think, from some sort of photo shoot. I have no idea what for. I, as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't need to have a reason for it. He can just do whatever the fuck he wants. I've decided his career trajectory is Jeff Goldblum. Huh. Just like, that's, that's what I want from him. I want him to achieve Jeff Goldblum status of just doing ridiculous shit that makes no sense and is a bit ridiculous himself. And you kind of look at him and go, but I don't, are you, are you, you're, you're a very eccentric character. I don't, I don't know much about you. And, and, and just being like that sort of pop culture zeitgeist. That's what I want from him. This is, this is his career path. Also dinosaurs. I, yeah, I can see Kevin like 30 years down the line. It's Goldblum. Yeah. Um, Kevin, uh, we have planned your career. Please call us. I don't think he's going to call us. <laughs> Breaks my heart. <laughs> like, let's get a phone line open just in case. <laughs> oh my God. Phone we lines are open. Throwback to <laughs> 90s radio. <laughs> Dear caller, you're on. We accept callers, but the only caller we accept is Kevin McHale. I feel like our opinion of an episode can be summed up by how much of this the the podcast we spend on a complete tangent. Yeah, there wasn't much to say about this one. Like they did some songs, yeah. no one really cried. Emma's gonna get married, but we know she's not, and Shu will eventually uh, dump his apparently pregnant wife for, for her. So you know, I wonder if you could condense like our thoughts on the episode to like 15 20 minutes and then like the other however like long it is on okay and here's where they spent discussing things that had absolutely nothing to do with the plot of the, this, this episode it would probably be quite high i mean this one's like 10 minutes tops <laughs> hey we didn't have a a side jump into harry potter this time i mean we could yeah i mean we, we could just take that now just pretend I'm looking down at my watch right now, being like, mm, do I have time to get boxing gloves out? <laughs> Maybe like, do I have time to like go get a snack or something? This is gonna take a while. <laughs> well, well hold off. for the next episode, we'll promise to talk more about the episode. Well, actually, we don't promise because yeah, some of these episodes yeah. are real thin on the plot. So we're real thin on the uh, on on the on the you know judging them. Yeah, it's fair. All right, so just as I guess to to encapsulate all of this, uh, how would you how would you rate this on a scale of us uh, on on our Kevin scale? How many how many Kevins? Uh, you know maybe like is our scale out of five? Are we out of five Kevins? Yeah, we got out of five Kevins. Yeah, like maybe a two two and a half Kevins, but that's mostly for the performance. 
Yeah, it's it's like a, a the highest I think Kevin score we can give any episode yet, but still drastically lower than it should be. Mm-hmm. I think two is a two is a solid solid Kevin score for this one. I mean, we yeah. got he got some pretty sweet sweet moves. He got a couple lines, uh, but not enough. So. Never enough. Yeah, never enough. Uh, all right, so we've gone over how how shitty Shu is, how shitty Emma is. How shitty Terry is, but how much we really don't care how shitty she is. How uh, the kids act like kids. Finn is is is, is nice to watch singing in a, in a very painful way. Um, and I and then we went off onto a tangent on on uh, on Kevin McHale and other things. So uh, I think I, I think I got everything. And nobody has a dog. And nobody has that a dog. Way. Also, Ryan Murphy owes us a lot of money for therapy. Yes. And there, and there will be a Netflix-funded uh, Glee reunion starring Rachel. We're goddamn sure of it. All right. Any any last notes? No, sadly no. not. Oh, all right. Well, then uh, that's what you missed on Glee. A road is just a road, but a Jeep SUV isn't just an SUV. Come see for yourself at the Jeep Start Something New sales event. During Owner Appreciation Month, financing at 3750 total cash allowance on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo 4x4 models and dealer stock the longest. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 and dealer stock. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. And we know that it can get a little weird when things just don't work together. That's why Farmers lets you bundle your home and auto insurance together. And doesn't that sound nice? Bundle with Farmers today and you could save an average of 20% too. Talk about music to your ears. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.